Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
evening. Thank you for listening to the KARP radio show. It's keeping it real with Pogeny Miller. I am your guest host, Rocco P., last Fridays of the month, and this happens to be the last Friday, the last day of the month is a Friday, January 31st, 2020. Oh, how time flies. You may have heard that uh, you're supposed to be pretty terrified about the coronavirus. You you may have heard that. You may have been spending just casual, you know, giving any type of news media just a casual amount of your attention or time. You may uh, may have heard about the uh, coronavirus, uh, the coronavirus, and uh, I basically I'm uh, discussing is this real or hype? Is it real or is it hype? There's been some uh, wild projections about what uh, what may occur in the next oh three to six months, uh, millions dead, things like that. Nothing, nothing that serious. But uh, we're going to look at this. I'm going to break down this story. Uh, there's a lot of angles. Uh, there's a lot of angles. I'm going to try and stay focused with really looking at you know why once again the media gives something attention. I uh, when this when this occurred, I my my initial reaction is that uh, it was fake. Not that it didn't exist, but due to the inordinate amount of attention that was being devoted by the mainstream media or so-called legacy media, you could say dinosaur media, uh, it seemed that it was uh, it was concocted. They just they wanted to generate fear. Just as an anecdote, just as a little uh, illustration, I don't use a lot of applications on my smartphone. For the first time ever, I got this type of uh, instant message, just, I guess you could say an alert or a notification from the Weather Channel. Now, I don't even have the Weather Channel app, but somehow I got an alert from the Weather Channel uh, that was warning me about the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, that. <laughs> uh, Supposedly, supposedly, uh, this uh, this was tracked as starting in Wuhan in China. Wuhan, with a population of about 12 million, is a major transport hub in central China, particularly for the high-speed train network. And with more than 60 air routes with direct flights to most of the world's major cities, as well as more than 100 internal flights to major Chinese cities. When we add this to the Spring Festival travel rush, during which many hundreds of millions of people travel across the country to be with their families, the potential consequences for the entire country are far-reaching. That was from a helpful piece at globalresearch.ca. It's globalresearch.ca. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to back up and I'm uh, going to talk about really philosophy or actually religion through the global elite. You can talk, talk about the global elite. Uh, you could call them the power elite. Uh, I would call them the New World Order. And their religion is eugenics. That's their religion, eugenics. Which eugenics, I mean, if you break it down and that word into its constituents, parts, you is good, genics. I mean, uh, you know, life. Uh, but eugenics is a euphemism. Uh, eugenics means population reduction. Population reduction. One of the most prominent, uh, disgusting, vile, and wicked men who is a proponent of population reduction is Bill Gates. 
Bill Gates of the so-called Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, this the, the same guy with Microsoft. That's 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 the guy. That's the guy. I'm going to play part of a video to begin with to give you a backdrop, to give you an idea of just how perverse his thinking is. But it's all it's it's extremely dangerous because obviously people leave Bill Gates, and Bill Gates is not the only proponent of uh, what you're about to hear. Gonna let this roll. This is from this is from a TED talk. That's uh, technology, entertainment, and design. I believe is a big uh, big elite conference uh, to have regional meetings and all. And this was from February 20th, 2010. Okay, so now we're going back almost 10 years. I remember when this was new. It doesn't seem that long ago, but. Uh, this video from this TED talk by Bill Gates was called "Innovating to Zero!" Exclamation point! Innovating to Zero, and uh, you'll see uh, you'll see what it's about. I'm going to talk today about energy and climate, and that might seem a bit surprising because my full-time work at the foundation is mostly about vaccines and seeds, about the things that we need to invent and deliver to help the poorest two billion live better lives. But energy and climate are extremely important to these people. In fact, more important than to anyone else on the planet. The climate getting worse means that many years their crops won't grow. There'll be too much rain, not enough rain. Uh, things will change in ways that their fragile environment simply can't support. And that leads to starvation, it leads to uncertainty, it leads to unrest, uh, so that the climate changes will be terrible for them. Also, the price of energy is very important to them. In fact, if you could pick just one thing to lower the price of to reduce poverty, by far you would pick energy. Now, the price of energy has come down over time. Uh, really, uh, advanced civilization uh, is based on advances in, in energy. The coal revolution fueled the industrial revolution, and even in the 1900s, we've seen a very rapid decline in the price of electricity. Uh, that's why we have refrigerators, air conditioning. We can make uh, modern materials and do so many things. And so we're in a wonderful situation with uh, electricity in the rich world. But as we make it cheaper, and let's say let's go for making it uh, twice as cheap, we need to meet a new constraint, and that constraint has to do with CO2. CO2 is warming the planet, and the equation on CO2 is actually a, a very straightforward one. If you sum up the CO2 that gets emitted, that leads to a temperature increase, and that temperature increase leads to some very negative effects. The effects on the weather, uh, perhaps worse, the indirect effects in that uh, the natural ecosystems can't adjust to these rapid changes, and so you get ecosystem collapses. Now, the exact amount of how you map from a, a certain increase in a CO2 to what temperature will be and where the positive feedbacks are, there's some uncertainty there, but not very much. And there's certainly uncertainty about how bad those effects will be, but they will be extremely bad. I asked the top scientists on this several times, do we really have to get down to near zero? Can't we just you know, cut it in half or a quarter? 
And the answer is that until we get near to zero, the temperature will continue to rise. And so that's, that's a big challenge. It's very different than saying, you know, we're a 12-foot high truck trying to get under a 10-foot bridge and we can just sort of squeeze under. This is something that has to get to zero. Now, we put out a lot of carbon dioxide every year, uh, over 26 million tons. Uh, for each American, it's about 20 tons. Uh, for people in poor countries, it's less than one ton. It's an average of about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that would be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Now that's... So, so did, did you get that? I mean, uh, I won't... I won't, I won't basically expose every line that Bill Gates uh, promulgated there, but he had that little equation, CO2 equals P times S times E times C. He says at least one of them is going to get down to zero when people left. The first one is people. The first one is people. He says services for people, energy. So uh, I'm not going to go into a whole critique of the colossal hoax and lie of anthropogenic or madman global warming. If you notice one of the many erroneous things he said, they like to use climate change because if you say global warming, it's already been debunked. So they like to confuse the issue. They like to confuse the issue and say climate change. Climate change, which is broad, since there's always some changes. But the point that he's saying is that this is a man-made phenomenon due to carbon, and if you didn't get the memo, uh, humans uh, are a carbon-based life form, uh, so it's it's essential. The people who promulgate you know, this colossal ho hoax and filthy lie have been caught lying so many times. Again, I'm not done, done some shows on it, but they've lied. East Anglia University, uh, they've they've cooked the data. They've been cooked numerous. They've been caught numerous times. There is no evidence of anthropogenic or man-made global warming. Okay. It doesn't exist. Bill Gates is behind this because he hates humanity and he's a eugenicist. Okay. Now I could continue. I can continue this, and he even talks about lowering the population. He says even if we do a real good job with vaccines. Okay. So I'm going to play 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 a few more moments so you hear that, Jim. Back from high school algebra, but let's let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10-15%. But there we see an increase. Okay, so he says it, Alan, he, he's talking about getting 
getting the equation, mean carbon down to zero. First thing he talks about population. He does a real good job with vaccines and healthcare. Then they can decrease population. Not increase it, but decrease it. But decrease it. Gates said, you know, many other filthy things. He's been caught, you know, he advocated death panels years ago and some discussion about uh Obamacare, the so-called Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, which should be called the Patient Destruction and Affordable Care Act, just like the Patriot Act should be the destruction of the Bill of Rights Act. In any case, I say all of this because related to the coronavirus, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation were sponsors. They were sponsors of a study. It's very interesting how all of this ties together and the, the timing of it. All I, all I would say as far as the other uh, colossal hooks of anthropogenic or man-made global warming, uh, I point to a very, very small piece from Ice Age Now, the site Ice Age Now, and uh, just came across that, this piece uh, this week. Okay. So seriously, this is a writer writing, writing as Roscoe Mack. Seriously, how deluded and global people subscribe to this nonsense? One. I have a million molecules of ordinary air. How many do you think are CO2? We should all know there are less than 400. Two, I have a million molecules of ordinary air. How many do you think are methane? We should all know there are less than two. Why do you think that such insignificant amounts of stable gases can cause the temperature of the remaining 999,958 molecules of air to rise by a significant amount? The alarmists are seriously deluded. The IPCC, which stands for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, established in 1988, which was charged with establishing that mankind was causing global warming by emitting tiny amounts of a stable, non-flammable gas. 32 years and billions of dollars later, the best they could come up with is fake data, fake graphs, a child advocate who dropped out of school, with the and, the, and the ridiculous claim that today's children from wealthy countries suffer climate degradation worse than child sex slavery or the equivalent of forced labor in the salt mines and the hyping of the misery of those who have lost positions or worse their lives due to completely natural disasters. All in the name of how many failed attempts to overthrow democracy introduce regress of carbon tax and probably prepare to remove a large proportion of the human race from the planet permanently. Seriously, how deluded and gullible are people who subscribe to this nonsense? Of course, it's a scam. I would add they're not, you know, Bill Gates isn't deluded and gullible. Bill Gates knows he, he's a prevaricator. The elites know that. But the people, the people and the populace that believe it, those are the ones that are deluded. They promulgate. But uh, people at the top, they know it's a scam. They know there is no science. If you want to look into this in detail, go to climatedepot.com. That's E-L-I-M-A-T-E-D-E-P-O-T.com. Climatedepot.com. Wonderful site designed to explain the anthropogenic or maddening global warming hoax. Okay, I started out with Bill Gates advocating, you know, this, uh, how, you know, what's the tie here to anthropogenic uh, global warming uh, and population reduction with the coronavirus. Well, uh, you could say I'm, I'm jumping by leaps and bounds. Obviously, if a pandemic would help get rid of lots of people. Uh, but there's a direct connection here, uh, again, with the Bill and Melinda 
Gates Foundation. That there's a direct connection. There was uh, an event that was held. It's called the Event 201 Exercise. Event 201 Exercise. I believe this was just a few months ago. I think it was in October. Very interesting. Who sponsored this? Who sponsored this Event 201, which was called a Global Pandemic Exercise? Three sponsors. John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, the Center for Health Security, number one. Two, the World Economic Forum, World Economic Forum, if you know about Davos and the New World Order, power elite, okay, World Economic Forum. And then finally, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. What was the purpose of Event 201? What was it? They, they basically wanted to respond to official outbreak scenario for a pandemic. That's that's what they wanted to do. That is what they wanted to do. Now, after the so-called uh, coronavirus NCOV came out uh, immediately, particularly, you know, it was largely driven by people in the so-called alternative new media, media talked about the fact, isn't this quite a coincidence that a few months ago we had this uh, this exercise about a pandemic and then the actual virus has now appeared that is projected to be a pandemic. Okay. So this is a this was their response to that statement about NCOV, coronavirus, and our pandemic exercise. In October 2019, the John Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted a pandemic tabletop exercise called Event 201 with partners, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. Recently, the Center for Health Security has received questions about whether that pandemic exercise predicted the current novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, the Center for Health Security and Partners did not make a prediction during a tabletop exercise. For the scenario, we modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic, but we explicitly stated there was not a prediction. Instead, the exercise served to highlight preparedness and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic. We are not now predicting that the NCOV 2019 coronavirus outbreak will kill 65 million people, which in their exercise, their official exercise, they say 65, 65 million people would die. Although our tabletop exercise included a mock novel coronavirus, the inputs we use for modeling the potential impact of that fictional virus are not similar to NCOV 2019. Okay. So, so let's say it's just maybe 30 million people die, you know, it's a coincidence. You had nothing to do. They, they modeled it with a different virus. So nothing to see here. Just move along. That's the Bill Gates. This is uh, the foundation, the, the person that said, if we do a really good job with vaccines and healthcare, we could reduce human population for only a certain percentage. They'd like to reduce it a whole lot more. They'd like to reduce it a whole lot more. Uh, in that exercise, okay, it was a 3.5-hour pandemic tabletop exercise that simulated a series of dramatic scenario-based facilitated discussions, confronting difficult true-to-life dilemmas associated with response to hypothetical 
but scientifically plausible pandemic. Fifteen global business, government, public health leaders were players in the, situa- in the simulation exercise that highlighted unresolved real-world policy and economic issues that could be solved with sufficient political will, financial investment, and attention now and in the future. The exercise consisted of pre-recorded news broadcasts, live staff briefings, and moderated discussions on specific topics. These issues were carefully designed in a compelling narrative that educated the participants and the audience. So, uh, I won't go into the recommendations, but you see how what the agenda was. Uh, they had the exercise, and they basically said, uh, there's these unresolved real-world policy and economic issues, but they could be solved with sufficient political will. They always want to take away what's left of individuals' political liberties. They always want to take away liberties. Financial investment, okay, and that basically means taxes, okay, and uh, attention now and in the future. Okay. But I won't go into the recommendations. There's a Twitter account. Uh, There's a Twitter account that a friend had sent me, and some person had uh, posted a lot of a lot of good information. It's uh, Sally at KP if you do Twitter. I don't, but I'm glad someone sent it to me. Sally at KP. Coronavirus is not a new virus. It has been around for at least two decades and is transmitted from animals to humans and then from humans to humans. It's said to have originated from eating cats, bats, and camels, depending on the strain. I saw a nice video with uh, two Asian girls eating a bat this week, incidentally. That, was, uh, that definitely got me a uh, Got me more motivated to eat lunch that day. 2019 NCOV is a supposedly new strain of the coronavirus that surfaced in mid-December 2019 from a seafood market in China. In 2004, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, filed a patent on a newly isolated coronavirus known as SARS. Remember that? Remember SARS? Remember that scare? It expired on January 4, 2020, the patent. Pure coincidence, given the timing of this media outbreak, I'm sure. In 2015, the, the Perbright Institute filed a, pa- filed a patent for live attenuated coronavirus to be used in the, in the production of vaccines. The Perbright Institute is funded by who? By the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and recently, recently received $5.5 million to do what they do. They were coincidentally chosen to create the vaccine behind this current outbreak. They will be partnering with Inovio Pharmaceuticals, which is also funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to create said vaccine. This company brought you the Zika vaccine in a record-breaking seven months. <laughs> Inovio Pharmaceuticals will be partnering with Wistar, W-I-S-T-A-R, and Wistar just happens to be funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They'll also be partnering with Gene One, which is also funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and sponsored by the US FDA, that's nice to know, and Twist Biosciences, who also happens to be, you might be shocked now at this point to find out, Twist Biosciences is also funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If the Wistar Institute sounds familiar, it should. This is the company that produced the WI-38 cell line derived from the 
too many to count aborted fetuses in the vaccines injected into your children. All this in the perfect timing of Netflix's new pandemic documentary, How Convenient, just another coincidence. You, you can see that site, metro.co.uk. Netflix viewers freaked out as pandemic documentary happens to drop amid coronavirus outbreak. Netflix viewers freaked out as pandemic documentary happens to drop amid coronavirus outbreak. I'm sure it was coincidence. Here's a big question. I haven't really seen uh, people discussing this, maybe one writer. How can we say with certainty this virus even began in the city of Wuhan, China? How can we even say with certainty the virus began in the city of Wuhan, China? What happens if, if you follow news closely, and it's not just with this, uh, with this current uh, you know, fear-mongering with coronavirus, but uh, it could be something like you know, Russiagate or whatever. An assertion will be made that is just regurgitated lockstep by the so-called mainstream media, and no one questions that. So it's just a presupposition. Everyone's saying, okay, all the focus now is that it started in China, they got cities quarantined. How do we know precisely where it began? How can that be proved? Now, China, China built the lab to study SARS and Ebola in Wuhan, and U.S. biosafety experts warned in 2017 that a virus could escape the facility that's become key in fighting the outbreak. The Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory is the only lab in China designated for studying dangerous pathogens like SARS and Ebola, perhaps another coincidence. Ahead of its January 2018 opening, biosafety experts and scientists from the U.S. expressed concerns that a virus could escape the lab. Yeah, and U.S. experts should, ex- should express concern over what's going on in Fort Detrick, Maryland. Yeah, that, that's what they should also be concerned about, too, what's going on in the States, about how secure U.S. bioweapons facilities are in their labs. In 2004, a SARS virus leaked from a lab in Beijing. Experts say the coronavirus that's infected more than 800 people, you can tell that this piece I'm quoting is old, mutated in animals became capable of infecting humans at the Wuhan seafood market. That's what experts say. What's the proof that the experts know it originated at the Wuhan seafood market? Don't any experts say that it's a bioweapon? That's being uh, that's basically being beta tested on a population in China. Any experts believe that? Yeah, some do, some do. But I digress. A, two, a 2017 article warned of the unpredictability of lab animals that scientists at the Wuhan lab intended to inject with viruses. That's from a DailyMail.com piece. Okay. The math behind the projections involves predicting the total number who will be infected and the percentage of fatalities among those infected, that is the percentage, percentage of those who would likely die from the entire amount of people infected. Okay, That's the math behind when you see different projections. The math behind the projections involves predicting the total number who will be infected and the percentage of fatalities among those infected, that is percentage of those who would likely die from the entire amount of people infected. Now, those numbers aren't static. Obviously, a virus is spreading because it's a virus that's going viral. Uh, so, again, we don't know how quick, really, it will spread. I'm going to read some projections. And then 
what will be the percentage of fatalities. That number two is is basically it's very very fluid. Why do I say it? Why do I say it's debatable? Because some some people are saying at this point it's been a two percent fatality rate. Okay, but disproportionately at this point, those who died have been older people that were already rather quite ill, so their immune systems were highly compromised. Kind of like now in North Carolina, off the top of my head, I didn't pull up the article I read this week though. In the state of North Carolina, in the United States of America, there's been over, I think, 54 deaths due to the flu. Now, I think they say flu season. That's not January. But so whenever we say flu season started, October, September, I don't know. So, interesting. No one is talking about, you know, the flu being a killer flu in North Carolina, but What's the percentage again of those who had the flu who died versus you know, the entire percentage that got the flu? And I'd also add what the, what the mainstream media never discusses when it comes down to the flu is this. They never tell you what percentage of people that died of the flu that got in the flu shot. Notice that they never say, what's that percentage of people who died of the flu that got the flu shot? And they don't want you to know that. Because the science is concocted. Science is concocted there. Okay? We can't, uh, the numbers aren't concrete. We really can't say, stay with certainly how many are infected. Again, I'll get to some numbers in a moment. You'd think the number of fatalities is not subjective. Again, not knowing with certainty how many are currently infected, then affects how vast the virus is spreading. Just to throw out some simple numbers. If one in a million get infected, and I'm not going to, I'm just saying, just throwing out numbers. If one in a million gets infected and the mortality rate is 2%, then 20,000 would die as a result of being infected with the virus. And once again, I'd stress, to date, the large, you know, to a very large degree, those who died from the coronavirus were elderly and not in good health to begin with. Okay, here's, a, here's one piece. Corona, coronavirus model predicts 180 183 million infections before the end of February. That's right. We'll get to that. Coronavirus model predicts 183 million infections before the end of February. So let's uh, let's delve into that piece a little bit. All right. This is from Summit News. Paul Joseph Watson, formerly of InfoWars. A model that predicts the number of coronavirus infections that will occur if the outbreak isn't contained shows that based on current projections, there will be over 183 million infections before the end of February. Uh, I don't believe that. I'm going to read the, read their projection so you know how they got it, but I don't believe that. The chart produced by data firm Bianco Research shows that if the current rate of infections remains consistent, 183 million 943,221, not 183,943,220 people will have been infected by the virus within the next three weeks. Given that the virus has already infected a minimum of 7,711 people and killed 170, a fatality percentage of just over 2%, if 183 million people were infected, statistically upwards of 3.6 million would die. Given how horrible these numbers are, one can only hope that health authorities 
can get the outbreak under control before it gets anywhere near that level. Yeah, I'm quoting from Paul Joseph, Watt, Paul Joseph Watson's piece on Summit News. To be absolutely clear, this is not a prediction that 100 million people will be infected by February 20th, explains Bianca Research, which is great because I thought that's exactly what they said. Uh, rather, rather, this has been its growth rate for the last 12 days. A vaccine mutation or successful quarantine or isolation could help reduce this growth rate. Interesting. Okay. Now, that does make sense. Uh, mutation. That's assuming it mutates and it gets, what should you say, less lethal and less viral. And then there's some quarantine going on at this point. And then they throw in a good old vaccine. But uh, the vaccine, I think, is completely asinine there by, by Bianco Research. Why? Why? Why, 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 why? I sound like Joe Biden. Okay. Why? Uh, because no vaccine is going to be developed by the end of February 20th. So that was rather asinine. And uh, mind control as a psyop. The firm also warns that if the outbreak turns into a global pandemic, pandemic it could have huge economic consequences and that the global supply chain will grind to a halt. A further 444,000 are under quarantine and are suspected but not confirmed of having the virus, so the numbers could be even higher. And then uh, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research says, the China Health Commission also gives us the number on the quarantine. This is those with flu symptoms isolated monitors. It's up 10 times to 44,000 in the last five days. This is the inventory that will feed the continued geometric of infection rates. The China, as reported earlier, Senator Tom Cotton is calling for an immediate shutdown of all flights from China to the U.S. after Israel banned flights and Russia closed the entirety of its 2,600-mile border with China. Again, that's from Paul Joseph Washington, Summit News. that one prediction. Here's interesting. Uh, first case is Zero Hedge. Excellent site, Zero Hedge. First case of human-to-human coronavirus infection confirmed in the U.S. as WHO, that's the World Health, World Health Organization, as WHO declares global pandemic. We'll check out that piece by Zero Hedge. They had another good one. Okay. 100,000 Chinese under observation, this is from today, as coronavirus deaths soar, State Department issues do not travel to China advisory. Okay. And here's the summary they throw out in the Zero Hedge piece. You see Zero Hedge, you'll see Tyler Durden, and that is a pseudonym. If you remember Fight Club, they even have, even have a picture there. <laughs> First human team in transmission confirmed in the United States. Don't know who that is. 9,821 confirmed cases worldwide, 213 fatalities. South Korea confirms first human human team in transmission. China reported largest one-day jump in fatalities on Wednesday. With Hong Kong warns of surgical masks, which the whole idea of surgical masking making a difference is suspect. Russia closes the border, I mentioned. 6,000 quarantined aboard an Italian cruise ship. Wonder when they're going to run out of uh, food. Thailand leads with most cases outside China, 14. 
Chinese national hospitalized and quarantined in York, UK. Virus arrives in India and the Philippines. Air France suspends flights to and from the mainland, China. IMF, good old International Monetary Fund, now monitoring crisis as economic fears grow. State Department authorizes personnel to evacuate China. To me, when I heard that, that was I thought that was complete hype. Who? World Health Organization. Who? The World Health Organization declares global pandemic. American Airlines Pilots Union files lawsuit to end travel to China. The first two cases confirmed in Italy. Germany confirms fifth case. Turkish Airlines suspends China routes. And I forgot to tell anyone, if you do wish to call in, it is 619-638-8559. should have said that at the outset. 619-638-8559. Update from that same zero hash piece. Nearly two weeks since the start of the coronavirus epidemic, which has now resulted in over 100,000 Chinese being placed under observation and over 210 people dead, the U.S. finally did the right thing. Well, late on Thursday, the U.S. State Department warned Americans not to travel to China because of the spreading coronavirus outbreak. Okay. Quote, do not travel to China due to novel coronavirus first identified in Wuhan, China. On January 30th, who? The World Health Organization has determined the rapidly spreading outbreak constitutes a public health emergency of international concern. Travelers should be prepared for travel restrictions to be put into effect with little or no advance notice. Commercial carriers have reduced the suspended routes to and from China. The new travel advisory was issued hours after the World Health Organization declared the outbreak a global health emergency. Quote, those currently in China should consider departing using commercial means, the department said in the advisory. It's a global health emergency. In knee-jerk response, U.S. stock index futures erased a gain of as much as 0.2% with March. Many contracts little changed as of 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The NHC is reporting a total of 9,692 coronavirus cases across China, up from 7,711 yesterday with an increase of 1,982 cases and with 15,238 new suspected cases, up by over 3,000 from 12,167 yesterday. There are now 25,060 probable cases. And once again, they repeat the 213 total deaths confirmed. I wonder what it means to be among those 102,427 people under medical observation in China. I'm not sure, but they are. Uh, not all writers are predicting doomsday. Not all writers are predicting doomsday. I'm going to quote Bill Sardi. He, he does some excellent work. I read him on LewRockwell.com. And a piece I'm going to quote from has a really long title. He said, your chance of developing symptoms or dying from the menacing coronavirus that now threatens global human populations is 0. 0.000050017482%. That's for symptoms. And for death, 0.000000. That's six zeros. 1137%. Okay. 
I will check out this piece from Bill Sardi. He wrote this on the 25th. It was posted on the 25th. My email box fills with questions. What about the coronavirus epidemic? His death on its way from Asia to the West. There is no vaccine for this viral scourge. Will our infants who have no antibodies against this virus die? Will vulnerable and frail senior adults be whisked off in ambulances to hospital intensive care units, never to return home as they drown from fluid in their lungs pneumonia? But coronavirus is just a common cold virus. Yep. The coronavirus is just a common virus that infects your nose, sinuses, and upper throat and produces the same symptoms as a cold. But the fear is being spread by public health authorities and news media would have one think. The earth is in the middle of historic human pandemic. The coronavirus is menacing human populations around the globe right now. It's an RNA virus that envelopes or resists eradication by one's own immune system. In very few subjects who are immune, in very few subjects who are immune compromised, such as patients taking drugs for autoimmune disorders, uh, cyclosporine, prednisone, methotrexate, immuron, or youngsters who have undeveloped immunity, or others who are old and have weak immune systems due to malnutrition, they may develop pneumonia, drown from their own pus and fluid in their lungs, and be hospitalized, placed on a respirator, or die. Just in case you are worried out of a population of 7 plus billion people on Earth, your chance of developing symptoms from this corona-shaped cold virus is about, mm, he says, one in millions and uh, 100, 100 millions for symptoms, 100 millions for death. However, risk dramatically increased with advancing age and among malnourished populations, such as Asia, where deficiencies of essential nutrients, namely zinc and vitamin C and D, are often prevalent, modern medicine casts a blind eye at nutrition. But regardless of what you have just read here that minimalizes the risk, health officials are beating the coronavirus drum with mass contagion predicted, and next we're predicting this outbreak could be 10 times worse than the 2003 epidemic that left 813 dead. That may only be true in a country with a large portion of malnourished people like China. The estimate that coronavirus will grow to 10,000 cases in the Chinese city of Wuhan is still a very low risk. And it seems like they're saying now it's above that. So they say. So they say. Now, uh, Bill Sardi here would say uh, basically give everybody vitamin D. It's funny, he doesn't mention vitamin K because that makes uh, vitamin D more uh, you know, bioavailable. But he basically says just uh, he gave everyone uh, vitamin D that would probably take care of it. Interesting uh, interesting observation. Particularly in winter months for among people that don't get much sunshine that produces natural vitamin D, children and adults need far more vitamin D than is recommended. Due to a miscalculation, the need for supplemental vitamin D is underestimated. Adults need about 8,000 uh, international units a day. Infants 1,000, children over one year of age 3,000 international units a day. The daily value published on the back of bottles of vitamin D is 4 to 800 units, which doesn't even raise blood levels. This locks in a certain amount of otherwise preventable disease in the population at large. This is akin to allowing some pyromaniac to start fires just to show off how fast fire departments respond. <laughs> in sunshine equivalents, 
four to eight hundred units of vitamin D equals about five minutes of midday sun or sun exposure. Eight thousand units equals about one hour of midday sun or sun 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 or skin exposure. If you're not getting thirty to sixty minutes of midday sunshine, you do not have optimal blood levels of vitamin D. Around forty two percent of the adult US population has low blood levels of vitamin D. That figure rises in northern latitudes to almost everybody in winter months. The liver stores about three months of this fat-soluble vitamin, so doctors inject up to 300,000 units for wintertime protection in vulnerable D-deficient subjects. Forget blood tests, presume you're D-deficient in winter. Don't wait for cold and flu symptoms. Take 50,000 units. This is Bill Sardi. Take 50,000 units of vitamin D in the first hint of cold or flu symptoms for a day or two. Otherwise, you will endure seven to eight days of misery, misery until your adaptive immune system kicks in and produces B and bone marrow and T cells, the thymus gland, to produce tailor-made antibodies against a particular strain of coronavirus in, circu- in circulation. One of the problems with the human immune system is that over-response, over-aggressive arrival of neutrophils can induce deadly inflammation in the lungs. To normalize the immune response so the neutrophils don't respond to produce inflammation themselves, then that results in your lungs filling up with fluid. Vitamin D and the red wine molecule resveratrol normalize the immune response. Resveratrol by itself is a potent antiviral agent against coronavirus. In a lab dish, resveratrol completely blocks viral rep- replication even at a low concentration. Then it goes on to talk about the value of zinc. That's Bill Sardi's take. Uh, Bill Sardi's take. I think he's largely correct. But if Corona, if this coronavirus was a bioweapon and they are baiting testing in China, which is my working theory, uh, we will see how far it goes. And we don't know in other countries too if you know the powers that shouldn't be might just want to introduce something else either in the U.S., in the U.K., and then just say it mutated. That's another possibility. But right now, the way the way Sorry describes it, I mean, if it's uh, basically just a nasty cold virus, uh, you know, what's the deal? Like I said before, for example, you know, over about 54 people have died this flu season in North Carolina. Uh, there's not that's not a statewide crisis, but it has happened again. I didn't drill down the numbers to see the age of those people, and I'd also love to see how many of them had been inoculated with the flu virus, since they use those uh, they use those numbers to fearmonger in general populace to have everyone get their flu shot. <laughs> everyone get their flu shot. No, thank you. So uh, that was Bill Sardi's take. Another piece here, scared of coronavirus, studies reveal simple protection. This is from Activist Post. Activist Post. Scared of coronavirus, studies reveal simple protection. All right. This goes on to basically just say a whole lot of vitamin C. A whole lot of vitamin C. The problem is, again, if you take oral vitamin C, eventually you you just start to uh, have loose bowel movements. So there is a way... You could take liposomal vitamin C. Find, you can find some neat videos out there on YouTube how to make your own liposomal vitamin C. 
out there. Check that out. Unless they uh, stayed locked down on YouTube. It was there a couple of years ago, and I checked it out. How to make your own liposomal vitamin C. So you could take mega doses and uh, then not blow out uh, not blow out your colon there. But there's an interesting piece there that uh, in, in activist post. They basically said massive amounts of vitamin C could destroy any virus. And uh, they're talking about, I mean, polio. <laughs> said anything. That's uh, that's pretty amazing if that is true. But again, it's how you would take the vitamin C. And I guess, you know, of course you could, if you went to a doctor that was willing, you could get it uh, you get IV. Uh, and uh, that would do it too, to take massive amounts of vitamin C. So we have uh, we have the uh, we have this fear mongering. Uh, others have said too, not just Bill Sardi, that uh, coronavirus does appear to be a normal virus. Uh, this is from Armstrong Economics. Uh, quote: Thank you for not being the crazy doomsday guy who lashes onto every story and then blows it out of proportion. The death rate is, as you say, less than 3%. All the while, stories from nurses claiming there are 90,000 infected to others trying to claim the death rate will rise 10% or higher. These are just scare tactics from the same people always claim the end of the world is next week answer. The number of cases is up to 2,794. Well, we know it's higher than that. And the report deaths is 80. Now we know it's over 200. The incubation period for the coronavirus is about 14 days. The incubation period for the last two coronaviruses, SARS and MERS, was two to seven days and about five days respectively, according to the CDC. The duration might be two to three weeks before you recover fully, but that's pretty much on par with most flu epidemics. There is absolutely no indication this is a biological weapon. Uh, I tend to disagree. Had it been, China would never have shared the genetic code. I, uh, I disagree. We shall see the worst season with four different models converging on 2022. I uh, I have good sources, and they, this this writer, and they do not expect this to cause a lot of deaths. As of January 24th, U.S. officials have screened more than 2,000 people from about 200 flights. Okay, and they go on, so it's a couple of days old. Uh, we shall see. Uh, we shall see. I uh, I think the uh, what's already said about vitamin D is spot on. I take vitamin D and vitamin K daily. Again, K helps D be uh, helps D become bioactive. Uh, it's not as effective as D alone. I'm surprised Bill Sorry doesn't say that. Uh, zinc is good. Zinc is good too. Vitamin C is uh, is always good. Again, it's just how much you could take. But no, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be. Depending on how you define a pandemic, I don't I don't think. Uh, it's going to be 180 million, 183 million, over 183 million people infected by the end of February. I, I don't see it happening. It could. I don't see it happening though. No. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope you've uh, gotten a good, good understanding of what the virus is. I hope uh, you've seen the eugenics angle, the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, and uh, that exercise. That was sponsored by the Bill Moon, the Gates Foundation, John Hopkins, and the World Economic Forum. I don't think that was coincidence at all. We'll see what transpires. We shall see. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. I am your guest host, or was your guest host? 
Rocco P. Lord willing, I will be back next month, the last day in February. Last Friday is the 28th, which is not the last day of the month. I guess it's a leap year. This is February 29th this year. Thank you for listening to KRP Radio Show. KRP Radio!